Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Radio tubes, and I do too. Shut you fool! Keep listening, you idiots. Who can bear podcast? Yeah, it's real good and junk. And welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us this week to talk about his book, Neighborhood Watch, which after reading about it online and especially seeing that cover, it looks like it's going to be a good read and probably make a pretty damn good movie. Uh, we welcome teacher, author, and journalist Kevin Keneally to the show. Kevin, thank you so much for being here, man. Well, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. And like I said, we're a little out of practice. Uh, <laughs> we, we haven't done a, 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 a traditional episode, I guess, in a few weeks. We recorded one Couple last weeks, week, yeah. but it was just awesome. Yeah, tour wrap up. Yeah, we're used to having that fourth body here. So <laughs> very excited. In our retro roundtable this week, we're going to be talking about movies that were based on books. And there's a lot of them out there. So uh, I'm excited to see what you guys picked. I don't think my picks will come as a surprise <laughs> to anyone, but hey, <laughs> we're going to roll with it anyway. Then we're going to turn our attention over to Kevin to talk more about Neighborhood Watch. But before we do anything, don't forget to find us uh, on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show a little bit of support, head over to CandairPodcast.com. Many ways there you can support us. A merch page where we have uh, T-shirts, mugs, stickers, all kinds of stuff with all these cool designs, a lot of which were designed by Joshua Bellis, uh, patron. So a uh, big thanks to him. And also our uh, Patreon link, which uh, for 5 to $10 a month gets you access to a big catalog. <laughs> Very big catalog. We've been working on for over two years, going on three, something like that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think the, uh, it's coming up, isn't it? The anniversary. Yeah, actually, I think three it's this month. I think it's this month, actually. Uh, but all kinds of stuff over there to listen to. Episodes that we wouldn't dare put out to the general public. You have to pay to hear that shit. But, uh, and if you don't have the money to support us and you still would like to show your support, then leave us a uh, review in your podcast player of choice. Uh, preferably a good one, but, you know, we'll take what we can get. But uh, that really does help us out. And uh, what am I forgetting, guys? Uh, go over to evergreenpodcast.com. Check out all the great shows and check us out. Absolutely. They got so many shows on there. So many. So that's why you got to check the rest out after you check us right. out. So, yeah. you might get lost down that that foxhole. <laughs> anyway, rabbit hole. Yeah, there it is. But anyway, let's kick it off with this week's retro roundtable. And away we go. I'll be back. Shut up! Shut up! All right, Stop. movies based on books. Jack, why don't you kick us off? Mine, I had never heard of before until the movie was coming to fruition, and I remember seeing trailers for it, and I thought, oh, hey, there's the book of it, so I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. And it was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. I've heard that's really good. Never knew anything about it. I think it was probably the first book that I would sit there and read and actually start cracking up because of how funny it was. Really? Mm-hmm. And then I saw the movie, and the movie wasn't. Of, of course, it's not as good as the book, but it did. It did. So it. you read the book before you saw the movie. I read a quarter of the book. I think it was. <laughs> it was a thick book. It counts. It counts. Yeah, but it. I mean, I got the gist, and then went and saw the movie, and was like, "Yeah, that translates pretty well." There was some stuff that 
was a little bit different, of course, but there always is. Yeah. There always is. Make it make it screen friendly, I guess, mm-hmm. more appealing. But a lot of what they described was exactly how it was, at least how I pictured it in the movie. So it was it was a pretty good carbon well, copy good. of it. I mean, it's it's very uh, rare that what someone else puts on the screen meets what your imagination has put together because yep. your imagination makes it perfect. You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's so. not what I imagined this looking like. Harumph, boo. boo. Yeah. <laughs> Scorn. Right? All right. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Uh, movies based on books. What you got? Oh, there's so many. Actually, I just watched uh, Needful Things. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, it's one of my favorite King books. Uh, it's, the, it's the old one of Ed Harris from the 80s. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that one gets as much love as it does. Uh, I think they Ed Harris did a good job portraying uh, the cop. Um, you know, I think that's another thing about King's books is that the protagonists are really well done, just as much as the antagonists are. And uh, but but like you said, you know, you you get this idea because you play as as you're reading a book. Uh, you you act as the director, the producer, mm-hmm. the costume designer, and then when you go to see the movie, it's like well. That's not how it's supposed to look, right. you know. Uh, so you know, as your, you know, the whole premise of I don't know if any of you guys have seen Needful Things. I haven't, um, no. But the shop is this place where customers come, and the the owner has something that everybody needs for something else, but you know he acts as the devil, right? Oh. So let's, let's say like Randy, you come in and you see, you know stratomatic baseball that you loved as a kid but what's your price your price is your soul and so the owner is going to give you a task randy and it's like oh all you got to do is throw some mud i'm going to jur six sheets that doesn't seem like that big a deal but that's the domino effect that's going to put everybody else into chaos into the town okay. and it, it, it sticks pretty closely to the book i liked it um i'm not one of those guys that's like oh you know the you know the I, I do. I'm kind of a book purist. There is one exception and I'll, I'll get off my high horse cause I can talk a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I do think the movie into the wild was better than the book. And I, I, I said it, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> if you read that book, it goes pages and pages and pages of just talking about rock climbing mm-hmm. and these, and not just talking about, the fiction of it is just talking about, oh, you know, this is how you, you know, wrap a belay, just how you wrap a carabiner. I don't care about that. <laughs> if I wanted to know about rock climbing, I would take out a nonfiction book on rock climbing, you know. So they, they cut all of that. They stuck to the storyline. I think the movie did more justice than the book. And the, the book is fine in its own right. They teach it at the high school level, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's rare you come across something like that. So sure. That, that was an interesting case. I have to say, I admire the balls you have for saying that because I know there's probably a group of hipsters out there who just shuddered when they heard <laughs> that, and they're probably going to come out for looking for blood. So, oh yeah, I admire you uh, you saying that. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. That was the one with uh, Harrison Ford and the CG dog. I don't think no, it's Call of the no. Wild. No, Into the Wild. Um, this. I'm thinking Ooh, of a totally. This came answer. out. I think it was like 2007, 2008. Uh, he was an up and coming actor. I can't think of anything. James else Franco, wasn't it? In yeah, was it? No. Was that the one where he got his hand caught in the boulder or something? No. No. Okay. No. 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 I think the hipsters are going to come for you guys. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one I think you're the, that one is based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can't remember the name of that movie. That one was good, but but that one did yeah, have rock climbing. So closer than Jack. He did, a good, he did a good job portraying him, but um, wasn't wasn't anybody top tier like Harrison Ford? Yeah, it was Call of the Wild. That's the one. That oh, I was okay. Yeah. Big difference. Good movie too. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, what do you got for us, man? So mine's actually a TV series. And uh, growing up, you know, in literature class and stuff in high school, we'd always have like, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth that you'd have to read and stuff like that. And uh, 
I just remember the series Wishbone, where they take the main character and stick that little dog. That in, the story, Wishbone. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go take a look. <laughs> like, hmm, I don't have to write a book report now. I'm watching Wishbone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that show came on, I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not turning on yeah. this garbage baby show. Yeah. It was good, though. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I understand why Arrowheads now were such a <laughs> was such an exciting story for Randy. Finding Arrowheads. Yeah. I'm getting no respect at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh it was um wow. Okay, was there anything else on the No, let's go ahead and hear about Jurassic Park, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well mine's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> and don't act like you're so really? damn insightful because you looked at my notes. Oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, obviously, that's was going to be one of my picks had you not even seen my notes because um, that book is so freaking good. I mean, I obviously saw the movie first, but after I read the book, I was like, why didn't they do all this? And, you know, as over time, they did. Like what you see in Jurassic Park, the first movie and then the second one and then the third one and mm-hmm. even into Jurassic World, like so many things were taken from that first novel and just uh, like shrapneled across yeah. the movie franchise. <laughs> but um, had they, it would have been a long ass movie. Don't yeah, get oh, me yeah. wrong. Some stuff had to go, but there was like a whole thing where like the the kids in Allen were like in a, they pushed themselves off in a boat to escape the T-Rex oh, yeah, the, and it like followed them raft. into the water yep. and then. It was chasing them downstream. Like the whole book, they're like running from the same T Rex yeah. who's just hunting them. Uh, there's something with the with the pterodactyls like escaping from the, the aviary. Air, yeah, mm. that's actually part of that boat scene. I think is they, they stop at the aviary to try yeah. and contact but then they have them. to like try to run through a field, <clears throat> and these things are like dive bombing, trying yeah. to pick them up and eat them and shit. Like. And that would have been so cool to see. Not to mention the lovable John Hammond in the book is a complete ass. <laughs> and gets killed by, yeah, by yeah. crappies, by those little tiny yeah, the little things that swarm, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then there's the whole, like, fighting off raptors in a hotel. Like, they're coming through the skylights mm-hmm. and all different avenues. Like, it's it has you at the edge of your <laughs> seat, seriously. Not that the movie didn't, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, I don't know. After I read the book, I just was like, man, I wish they would have done all this. And, like... There was something cool about the raptors, too, how uh, they couldn't figure out why raptors would run to this one point of the island, one Mm -hmm. side of the island, and they'd all stand in a single direction looking one way. They realized they were looking to migrate, but Mm. they couldn't, you know, because they were stuck on this island. There were just so many cool little things like that that the movie just didn't have. Like they were wanting to go south. They explained the science in the book. Something like, yeah. And then at the end of the book, they nuked the island. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then the lost So there's world. no Chris Pratt coming around. Then. No. <laughs> no. No Owen ever because they nuked the island. And you know what else they didn't have in those books? Holding out your hands to calm <laughs> the most ravaged dinosaurs. There were no locusts whatsoever in any of the like books. Like his hands up. I must not attack. Like primal instincts just go away when, when the hand is raised to a T-Rex. Or I think something. ever since How to Train Your Dragon came around that... That turned into a thing of taming wild animals because that's what Hiccup did with the you dragon. What? No, how to it, train your dragon? Yeah. Oh, hold up, hold up. I'm getting crap for Wishbone, but you can bring up how to train your dragon. And I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference. <laughs> no. No. How to train your no. dragon is like a 9.5 on IMDb, is it not? I mean, yeah, yeah, see, there you go. What's Wishbone on IMDb, Randy? Negative 9.5. Better than the new <laughs> Jurassic Park movie, I'll tell you that. I, I doubt, well, <laughs> I don't know. They're not dressing a dog, little cute dog up in outfit, so they got that going for them at least. Didn't have like a bone like spot on it somewhere too that they probably just I don't took know. a brown sharpie and drew I think it just had like a brown spot on his eye. What kind of dog was that even? It was Jack Russell Terrier. Boy, he jumped on that quick. Yeah. I didn't even get the sentence out. Jack oh, Russell Terrier. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh I hate you both. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us back around to Jack. What do you got? Mine was after I thought about it, because I, I don't know how many times I read the book when I was a kid, and it was a, a book it book, I'm pretty sure, or some... Some way that I got it through school. You, you earned a small personal <clears throat> pan pizza for reading this book. I don't, I don't remember that at all. It's been so long. 
But I don't know if the book came first or if it was the movie came first, but I'm pretty sure it was the movie with the uh, space balls. <laughs> oh, there's no way that <laughs> freaking book came first. There's no way. That doesn't count. So we go backwards with the, the whole topic a little bit. <laughs> and it was spot on. Everything was exactly how the movie was, except for they called everyone an idiot instead of asshole, which that... That drove me nuts. Man, but of this, course, this Spaceballs screenplay sounds exactly like the movie. Well, it was probably like the Scholastic Kitty version <laughs> of it. So. Probably, yeah. They're stupid head, sir. Major stupid head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had Harry and the Hendersons, too, and that was that was right on exactly with the book, too. I, I remember getting a lot of the Scholastic. Uh, you remember how they hand out those little pamphlets? You could pick a book, write down the number, and then like two months later, after you've forgotten yep. about it, yeah. you show up. And yeah. I, I have the... First Ninja Turtles movie book somewhere, Ghostbusters 2, when it came out. Like. <laughs> I had the original Star Wars. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Some yellow pages in all those books. No, I tell yeah. you what. Heck yeah. And big 12-point font letters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to make, to make that, that book thick. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it was just like a suggestion or a pamphlet, you know. <laughs> but. All right, we are back around to Kevin. So, you know, you mentioned, I think, Brandy, you were talking about TV series. It seemed like there's been an explosion of them within, mm -hmm. what, the last five years. Uh, some good ones just to throw out that have stayed fairly close to their books. Outsiders, I think that was on, um, was that on Hulu? Uh, it's a good one with uh, Stephen King. Uh, Sharp Objects, Jillian Flynn, that's, that was on, like a five-episode one. Uh, another one, Looking for Alaska. That was a one-seasoner. Hmm. Actually, we're going to be reading that in school soon. Uh, and the way they depict the, the characters in there is really, really closely to the book. Now, they take some licensure. They, um, they make some of the storylines a little bit differently. But I, I really do appreciate how close they try to resemble the stories in there and how close like like if they're if you're going to make the characters different their personalities remain the same and how they look at that so looking for alaska is a good one uh big little lies uh that one has it's kind of weird because seeing them in different roles uh but uh what's his name from parks and rec leslie's boyfriend soon to be husband um i've never watched parks and rec i can't stand amy poehler <laughs> Yeah, but it, he's the he's the main guy in there. Um, so it's 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 almost like getting used to seeing Chris Pratt in par, uh, Jurassic Park. It's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, if you if you you know, but he's the main character. And then so that's an episode. That's a show where uh, that's a thriller. So the first season stays really close to the book. It's like, all right, I can see this. And then the second season tried to do a thing where it was popular and did its own thing. It got really really bad. Um, so those mini series can, I feel like can go one way or the other. It's kind of like a game of Thrones kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, walking dead kind of thing. Oh, you try to do too much, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, and you can kind of see where, where they should stop, where they, sh you know, if they're just trying to make money. And, and oh, so, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that the licensor decisions they make, but, um, yeah, definitely Sharp Objects. If you're looking for a miniseries, that one's good. Looking for Alaska is good. Um, Outsiders is good. Big Little Lies is good for the first season. Um, <laughs> the the but, Outsiders uh, you know, series, how far back does that date? Are you? Is it like an older series or did they make uh, a newer you one? You know, it's, it's, a few, it's a couple years old now. Uh, I watched it during COVID. Uh, really? So I think, yeah, I think it was 20. So King came out with that book in... Uh, two years ago uh so if you like the so so the premise of that is uh, a killer uh it starts out where we they found it find a dead body um and then we find out well it couldn't be this guy because he was in this place while you said that he killed this person but we have video footage that he was here at the same time so it's like it's like a body double kind of thing mm -hmm. it's like so he was here, but he was also here. And that's kind of what drives the whole story. It's like, well, who is this person? You know, and you find out that this person isn't, I don't want to really give it away, but trying to find out who that person is and bringing in supernatural detectives and all this stuff and figuring that out. 
I thought you were but, talking about uh, the old like what like Pony Boy, like the old oh, outsiders. Oh, okay, <clears throat> not not outs, not um, uh, what's you're what thinking of the Warriors? Pony Boy. No, no, the uh, no, no, not Warriors. No, Patrick this Swayze is... and wasn't like Tom Cruise in that movie too. Yeah, like that's one of his very first roles. Like that movie, they did the movie from the. We read the book mm-hmm. in school, and I was all about it. And uh, then I remember there being a movie, but I don't know that I ever saw it. I yeah, so it that's now. Ralph Macchio was in that too. Yes, that's the Outsider. You know, I'm get, yeah. I so want to say that's the Outsiders from the '80s. That's the Outsiders. I think this one's just Outsiders. Because the outsiders is against the uh, the, the greasers and socias. Oh yeah, Ralph Macchio. Uh, who who was uh, C. Thomas Howell? There's Steve. Uh, Tom Cruise was in that. A lot of guys got their start in that. There's Amelia. Okay, so this Amelia was Lestavis. this was Matt the Dillon. outsider with singular. Ah. Gotcha. That's where that's where it was. Rob Lowe. Look at that all star cast before they were yeah. stars, man. <laughs> And what a damn good book that was. I should watch this movie. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, get off The Outsider. That sounds no. good, too. But no, that that's was just a good where one. my head went. No, yeah. I mean, that was a good one, too. And just, you know, a lot of Easter egg cast members in there, too. It's like, oh, yeah. this guy got this start, too. That too. <laughs> a lot of good starts in there. There's only one that I don't recognize. <laughs> and I oh, another one is uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, that one came out years ago too that's kind of a you know i'll talk about my book soon but kind of subconsciously got my idea from from that show uh, from hulu um the book is a little bit different um some of the things they bring up in the the book in the tv show but the tv show is still very very good mm-hmm. uh, i would pair it with the book if, if you're looking for like book and tv show kind of thing a lot of good yeah. picks there yeah you guys ever take a, a a book of a movie and try to follow along with the movie? No, no, it's hard. I, I would imagine so. <laughs> I imagine so. The book is so much longer for some reason. I used to do that with. I had the um, the uh, and I still do somewhere on the shelf over there the the comic from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, and I would follow along with the movie to see how well they matched up, and they matched up. Pretty perfectly, except the comic left out the horrible cheesy jokes, and <laughs> in the comic you could not tell that um, they were those horrible costumes they had them wearing. You know, they weren't <laughs> they the actually jokes. looked like turtles. So the comic really like weaned out the worst parts of that and just left you like the the, the, the palpable story. But anyway. All right, Randy, what you got? See if I can redeem myself on this. <clears throat> so when I'm watching manly shows and adult shows, uh, <laughs> I like Wishbone. <laughs> I like it twice. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> have you heard? No. So uh, Reacher uh, was a series that mm. um, Julie and I were actually watching together, and absolutely loved it. Um, I've yet to read the book, but it, it's on my queue and my uh, Audible. But uh, yeah, I guess there's like a whole book series that like almost 30 books with that character. Wow. Um, and it just cracks me up because I was reading a little bit about it, but the main character is this huge, like almost seven foot tall guy. I've seen clips of it. He whoops some ass, he, he? He did, but at the, the same... Jack? Yep. Yeah. And there was actually two movies with Tom Cruise, who is mm-hmm. not <laughs> yeah. seven foot tall in the same role. So I'm just... I've seen the first Jack Reacher movie, and it was really good. Was it? Yeah, it was. I've seen it more than once. Uh, I don't can't remember if I've seen the second, but I have seen uh, clips. My dad's really big into that series, and every time I'm around him, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it, like Dad? <laughs> well, well, season two is coming up, Jeremy. So there's only one season out. Yeah, so far. Wow, the way he talks, man. All right, but he Reacher must just be rewatching life. it over and over. <laughs> it's a series. Yeah. yeah, they made a series out of it. I didn't know that. And that dude is a hard ass. It's like, uh, I can't think of a comparable fight scene, but he just, he like, yeah, he whoops he whoops some serious ass. The like John Wick? Kind of. But he's built like The Rock. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, my last pick <laughs> is going to be Forrest Gump. Now, I had never read the book, <laughs> but from what I understand... It was quite different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't quite as uh, bumbling or quite as uh, unintelligent, I guess, seemingly as the movie made him. But it, I guess it went a lot more places. It, it was a pretty crazy 
book. Like at one point, they sent Forrest into space with, with, a an, with an orangutan. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, and um, that's just one of the many things. And if you watch the movies that made us on uh, Forrest Gump, you can see that it got like <laughs> declined, brought back out, declined again, just went through rewrite after rewrite. I haven't so seen that episode yet. It's good. You should watch it. I but you can understand awful. why, you know, it turned out somewhat of a far cry from uh, the original context. In the book, didn't he like date Raquel Welch at some point too? I don't know. I've never oh, read okay. it. My bad. And so um, Winston Groom, who wrote it supposedly from what I've been reading online, um, because of all the rewrites and because I guess this is a thing where what movie studios do, he didn't receive a dime from it initially because they're like, well, it has to receive so much profit or something. It has to right. hit. And I guess the people in the Lord of the Rings, the actors from the Lord of the Rings got the same kind of shaft when it came to merchandising. Oh, we didn't do well enough for you guys to get any kind of residuals on that. Like, what? Come on. It's like the biggest <laughs> shit ever. Like, what are you talking about? So... I guess he took them to uh, court over it and ended up settling. He got a he got a pretty good chunk of money out of good. it. And but part of the deal was that he would write a second Forrest <laughs> yeah, Gump. I've heard about this called uh, which eventually was called Gump and Co. Gump and Company, and that they that the movie studio would have to buy it. And so <laughs> he wrote the book, and um, I guess in the book he. I think this was in the second one. It goes so far as to where he actually meets Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Like the first line in the book was, uh, never let someone make a movie about you, rather, no matter how fictional or true it may be, something to that effect. Just the first, just out of the gate, the first line being like, <laughs> don't let this happen I, I to you. The book and, was like a big middle finger to the... Well, that's what I was yeah. getting at, but yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, he, uh, I guess Lieutenant Dan, like... Uh, retires prematurely to live a big you know luxurious retirement and something happens where the, the the shrimp industry starts booming and he can't keep up and ends up going bankrupt and ends up becoming a custodian in a strip club and forest some, yeah and <laughs> I, I guess can, i can jenny, totally see that though i guess jenny was still alive in this one like she didn't die in the first book and uh, at one point, he inadvertently invented new Coke, <laughs> which tur turned out a failure. And there was just so many other things like that. But like Randy said, you know, after looking at everything, it just was like a big fuck you like to the people who put him through hell. Because I think the company, the, the movie production company who originally bought it, sold it to another one. They're not the ones that eventually ended up making it. I'd have to watch that again. It's been a long time, mm. but it's just crazy um, how far different <laughs> the source material, <laughs> source material is from what you actually see. And based on what I've been hearing, I haven't read the book. Maybe if I had, I'd be maybe on board with it. But based on what I'm hearing, kind of glad. Yeah. Because <laughs> that movie is a gem. I, I, I was going to say, I, I enjoy that movie. My mom hates it. What? Yeah. I'm like, why? But she, uh, she hasn't... I don't know. It's if parents. anyone can watch the scene where Forrest is standing at Jenny's grave and he starts crying and not break a tear, you are a cold-hearted <laughs> son of a bitch. I will say that right now because every time that catches me out, every single time, no matter how many times I see the movie. Anyway. He's just so smart. <laughs> You'd be so proud of him, Jenny. <laughs> I sit here and laugh about it, but if you turned it on right now, I'd be weeping right? like a little girl, truly. So, all right. Were there any other picks we had to get off our chest really quick before we moved on? No. No? I won't talk about it much, but you should watch uh, the offer about uh, the making of The Godfather, which is on HBO. Ooh, that's, that's new, right? Yes, it's new. Uh, it, a lot of that is true. Uh, you have to weed through the truth and the hearsay, but uh, it's very, very interesting stuff about uh, how they how they wrote it, how it came to be, how it almost wasn't, all that stuff. And it's it's and he does it. He does a great job. Uh, what's his name that plays the part? I can't remember the guy. I'm not sure. I've seen a few trailers though, and it looks really good. Yes, yes, it's very, very well done. Very well done. Is that on streaming? Is that out now? Yes, it's on HBO Max. No, it's on Paramount. It's on Paramount. Okay. Same company that put out Godfather. Gotcha. 
I'm gonna have to see that, but I'd have to rewatch The Godfather. I mean, it has been I'd have to years. Watch The Godfather. You've never watched The Godfather? No, but I've seen pieces. Oh, Jack. Every time I watch That's it, I'm like, I don't know what you guys to do to make sure he watches Godfather. <laughs> Say that one more time. You guys have to do another podcast to make sure that he watches Godfather. Well, it's it's only taken him like 20 years to watch Shawshank, so oh, yeah, God, I've been yeah. waiting a while. And that's only thanks to Josh, because Josh brought in a copy and finally made it to where you didn't have an excuse where you couldn't watch <laughs> yeah. it. And then when we finally asked him, so, wasn't it awesome? He's like, yeah, it was all right. I just did that to bust everyone's balls. I liked it. It was good. Okay. It was, okay. It was definitely a good movie. All right. Well, we can all agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. We're going to jump to a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking with Kevin more about Neighborhood Watch, so stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back from commercial, and once again, joined by Kevin Keneally. Kevin, thanks again for being here, man, and we hope you're having a good time. Oh, yeah, it's a great time. Awesome, awesome. And again, we want to talk to you about this book, but let's just talk about you a little bit to start, you know, uh, kind of get to know who you are. Like, like, tell us about yourself. Oh, yeah, sure. So I was starting, uh, I'm still hearing my kids up upstairs, so I'm a father of two boys, uh, three-year-old and eight-month-old. so just got the eight month old uh, baptized yesterday. So that was fun seeing the whole family. And so that comes first. And then I'm a teacher, juniors and seniors in you know, English and journalism and AP Lit and doing that for eight years. And then I'm working my wow. way through grad school and English Lit. Uh, be finished in April with my degree. So start in 2020. So doing that and then so you're uh, busy and, <laughs> yeah. and he's writing books through all this and i'm writing books you know doing stuff like this i just uh spoke at a library spoke at a couple bookstores a few weeks ago uh got another bookstore uh signing thing coming up in a couple of weeks so it, it's never ending uh, i get up at 3 45 do stuff like wow. this to, to write to plan to I don't know how I do it. I don't either. <laughs> I was going to say, you should not, be about ready to go to bed right now. Right? <laughs> I'm getting tired. I'm getting a little tired. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 my life in a nutshell. I, I you know, I'm, I'm passionate about all of it. And I, I love my, I love my kids. I love my, my school kids, even though sometimes I annoy me, but I love them. And uh, sure. I love writing and, and all of that. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Man, well, another thing that uh, that was pointed out to us is that you uh, had at one point worked for Chicagoland newspaper, and yeah. had done uh, several high-profile interviews with people like uh, even Barack Obama. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, so I was in the journalism industry. I actually got my degree at EIU, Eastern Illinois University, in journalism. Uh, at one time, I did some podcasting, um, and really wanted to ro- work at Rolling Stone. That was like interview bands and stuff. So. I interviewed like Grand Funk Railroad, uh, the basis from Anthrax. Oh, wow. Uh, I interviewed Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Talked about <laughs> 40 minutes. Just randomly, I, I, I saw that he was coming to EIU as a guest speaker, so I sent him a, a MySpace message, and he got back to me. I'm like, hey, this is awesome, you know. Uh, did wow. not have the accent when I talked to him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, a lot of that is just – asking people because most people are good people and most people will just if you ask them they will come you know Mm -hmm. Uh, you'd establish those connections you know i got to know people that knew people you know sure and it was it was fun so like the obama thing you know i i met him as a as a senator you know and he came to the community college and no like nobody wanted to go because they're community college students they're like oh he's a senator who cares and like you know this guy like he's going to go somewhere. Like he was on the rise as a shooting star kind of thing. I'm like, I'm going to go see this guy, you know? And when I saw him speak, I'm like, yeah, he's not going to be a Senator much longer, you know? Right. And what he had to say touched a lot of people at that auditorium. And I, I talked with him afterwards. And when he talked to you, he, he was like, 
talking to your uncle. It wasn't like talking to a politician because I talked to other politicians before too. Like I talked to Blagojevich. I talked to uh, Governor Edgar. I've talked to so many people and he was the most down to earth politician I've ever talked to, regardless of what you think about him or his politics. I'm just talking about sure. him as a person. Um, he looked at you in the eye. He talked to you. I wrote the story up that day. And I would talk to him again. I would sit down with him again, talk to him. Oh, yeah, um, I'm sure. But it, it was it was great. I, I talked to him maybe for about 10 minutes. He addressed my questions. He patted me on the back. Um, did I th think he'd be president that day? If you would have asked me that day, I wouldn't have been surprised. I would mm -hmm. not have been surprised. Um, but it wasn't like I, if you would ask me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I just talked to a president, you know, um, you know, I talked to a, a senator. Um, so that was cool. And, and looking back, I still have the article. I still have it in the hard copy newspaper. So, wow. so that was cool. I mean, yeah, I've done a lot of cool things, you know, being in journalism and I, I teach journalism kids and I'm like, Hey, you know, you keep doing this, you, you're going to get to do things. Most people don't get to do. Right. So, yeah. How freaking cool, man. Kind of jealous. Yeah. So let's talk about this book, Neighborhood Watch. Um, and again, like I said, at the top of the episode, based on what I've heard, it, or read about the book, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, kind of like an eerie Indiana meets Stranger Things kind of a vibe to it almost. Uh, so I'm just not going to say anything about it. Can you tell us and the listeners more about this book? Yeah, I mean, you you kind of hit it on the head, uh, like in eerie Indiana. I, I forgot about this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun show. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I was talking about, it's it's this perfect town gone wrong so right so it's like stepford wives meets uh you know if you've ever seen stand by me like they mm -hmm. find this dead mm -hmm. body kind of thing like what do they do with it um so on the outside it's the safest town in america right but with the safest town in america there comes things you have to give up certain freedoms you have to give up certain rules and regulations you have to live by and think about it like when you drive down the street uh, it, you know, at least around here, you have, you know, the street lights you have to obey, you know, you have red light cameras. Well, I took that concept and multiplied it by 50, you know, like, right. okay, there's a certain dress code in the town. There's a certain um, way that you have to behave. You have to go to X amount of board meetings. You have to go to X amount of community events. And if you don't, we're going to fine you and things like that. And people go along with it because they like how the community is rated. They like the top schools. They like how safe it is. And so they give up freedom after freedom, year after year after year. Well, <laughs> things start happening and people look the other way until it takes a group of kids known as the band to say, we have to stop looking away because People are going missing and nobody's asking why. <laughs> like, Ooh. okay, they're just missing. <laughs> why? So as these kids grow up through the town, they're like the people that hold the, the only logic. And then we follow these kids and they uncover, they go down this rabbit hole that just gets worse and worse and worse. And we find out this town is not nearly as perfect as we thought it was. It's got some major it vibes too. Yeah. yeah, it's just it has me very much intrigued. Yeah, that's so awesome, yeah. you know, it, it could almost be taken as a social commentary to some extent. Like, what what um, inspired this for you? Maybe I'm way off in saying that. No, yeah, I mean, Randy, you just said it vibes. I mean, not too long before I wrote this book, I finished it um, largely because I had a fear of clowns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, I was sitting in second grade. Our substitute teacher showed us killer clowns from outer space. Oh, oh well, there you go. <laughs> what? Um, so, yeah, there's a whole coming of age thing. You know, it's it's it takes place from 1986 to 2020. You know, I grew up in the 90s, a simpler time. So you see these these teenagers grow up. Um, but what really sparked it, I was outside shoveling snow one day. And I grew up, I, we live in a pretty good area and, uh, this lady comes by and she's like, oh, she's, uh, I just want to welcome you to the neighborhood. You know, this was a number of years ago now. Um, 
she's like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a teacher, you know, she's like, oh, you know, like that person on the kitty corner is also a teacher. They have X amount of kids. And that person over there is a teacher. They have X amount of kids. And, and did you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like rattling off everybody where they live and yada, yada. <laughs> nice to meet you too this is a little <laughs> weird you know like you know everybody you know it was like just fine but like she you know flexing, everybody but... does how many kids everybody has where they all live and i kind of just filed that away you know and um so then a few days later we get an email uh to our inbox it says join you know the neighborhood watch in your community and I'm like, oh, you know, that would make a good title for a book. And mm -hmm. I started connecting that lady with the name of a neighborhood watch. And I'm like, well, what's the history of a perfect community? What's it look like? And how does it get to that point? And so I sat down and wrote 10 pages within an hour of how a community gets to be this way. Uh, what's this one neighbor look like that leads this neighborhood watch? And it just kind of all fell into place. And just the yeah. idea, like you said earlier, you know, that you keep surrendering uh, freedoms and stuff for a seemingly perfect life. It just it, it just kind of makes me think of like our our cell phones or social media or like how we surrender more and more privacy to be more and more like plugged in with everyone else. Does that make sense? No, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, <laughs> teaching high school students, it's it's hard to get them disconnected. And and I'm like, well, guys, how much time do you spend on your phones every day? Yeah. You know, and uh, sometimes I'm bad, you know, sometimes it'll say on my, my alert, you know, you spent three hours on average a day. And it's like, that's not good. They'll spend 12, <laughs> 13 hours a day on their phone. 12, 13 hours. Wow. I'm like, I don't want to hear that you didn't have time to do your homework. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it gets to the point where it's like, you know, I'll call home and be like, you know, did you know so-and-so, your, your, your daughter is spending 14 hours on their phone a day and like, Oh yeah. You know, like she likes to watch movies on her phone. So they're watching on TV. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not the point. Like she's, yeah. she's plugged into a, a little screen all day. And so like surrendering her freedoms, it's like, you know, you, you gotta pay attention to the outside world. You gotta know what's going on. You know? Yeah. It, it's um, so awesome. Like you were saying earlier, like the nineties, you said you grew up in the nineties. So did we, yeah. and just what a, how grateful I am for the, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. being aware enough and growing up in a time before social media and the stuff, you know, it, cause it's changed everything, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you go meet, um, you meet people who are products of, you know, where they don't know anything other than a world with social media. And uh, we had this conversation not too long ago, like a lot of intro, a lot more introverted people out there. I would imagine. I, I think there are a lot more now too. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so used to talking through a screen instead of face to face. I mean, with your students, how do you see like a big difference with the students you teach versus like you and your classmates when you were younger? Like how's the dynamic different? It, it's, it's hard to, I mean, the, attention span is just very small yeah uh, i almost feel like i'm part teacher part entertainer like trying to like should i be juggling a ball on my finger right now while i teach like like i don't i don't even know and sometimes that's not enough you know like okay like this isn't entertaining you right back to the phone you know yeah and it's not like we don't have policies in place it's just there's so many things diverting their attention away and when you have an outdated medium like reading and writing, when you can go on Toctic and, you know, <laughs> uh, all this other stuff, it's, it's, you know, reading a page is boring to that, you sure. know. And so and my job is to try to get them to connect it and this is important and try to get them to see that it's you know, relevant to their lives and exciting and, and all these different things and wear all these different hats. Whereas, you know, growing up through school and through high school, you didn't have those distractions. Like if I, if I want to talk to somebody, I went to their house. If I wanted to call somebody, I, I manned up and I called them on the phone. <laughs> I, I remembered phone numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to memorize phone numbers. Or, or at I least the pattern of the phone called number. A phone book. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just it's weird how much the world has changed, as you know, within what the last 
15, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, kids are kids. They're good kids. I like the kids, um, but I'm also worried about them too. You sure. know, and, and not, not because of them, but because of what society has created for them. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a downer, but it is what it is. You know? Yeah. And then to think of the generation uh, after them that, that is raised by them, you know, it's like, yeah, it, ugh, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. But it's, it's it, you know, again, I think of it being in, in high school, like my, our version of sending a text was ripping off a corner of notebook paper, writing yep. a message on it, balling it up and <laughs> throwing it, splitting yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's looking yeah. it across the room, but. Anyway, sorry to go down that uh, fox hole of thought there. Uh, back to Neighborhood Watch. Now, I did see that uh, this is available for purchase on many different places online, including your website, uh, kevinpatrickkeneally.com. But uh, where else should people be directed to check out your book? As you said, it's on the website. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all, all the online retailers. Uh, if they're in in a vicinity for for this, uh, the brick and mortar stores are Century and Sluice Bookshop in um, Forest Park. Uh, it's also in Anderson's Bookshop in Downers Grove. And if there's any uh, British residents out there, it's in uh, the Book Dragon in the United Kingdom, which is just north of Manchester. So, which is pretty cool. Uh, be cool for me to make it up there one day, but that's a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, with November being nano, um, November writing month, uh, it'd be also good to support independent bookstores. So Anderson's and Century Sluice are both independent bookstores. Uh, so if they're in the Chicagoland area, um, Downers Grove and Forest Park are both beautiful communities. If they want to pick up a hard copy and support the indie stores. We're gonna have to keep an eye out for it because I really want to read it, especially after hearing you talk about it. It sounds, it sounds like it needs its own miniseries, man. It really <laughs> yeah. does. I've, I've been told that over and over again. Yeah. Oh shit! I'll try to think of something more prolific for next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I, I didn't mean anything. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you, man. But uh, as far as uh, social media goes, uh, I found you on Twitter just at uh, Kevin Keneally. What about uh, Instagram? I am. I do have an Instagram presence. Uh, it's Kevin Patrick Keneally. Okay. Kevin Patrick Keneally. Uh, I do have to get more updated with stuff like that. I'm still like, I feel like a dinosaur now. I, I mostly do Facebook pages. Um, people still use it. Mm -hmm. People still use it. But yeah, I, I don't update Instagram and Twitter like I should. But yeah, Instagram is slash Kevin Patrick Keneally. And then, like you said, Kevin Keneally for Twitter. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here on the show. We had a blast with you, and you are always welcome to come back on anytime you want, man. And uh, good luck, one, getting those kids' attention. But yeah, two, get yourself some sleep, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I will tonight. With your students, have you tried Wishbone? Oh, He's trying to entertain them. He's trying to keep their attention, man. I, I appreciate Wishbone. I, I forgot about it until you... Brought it up again. <laughs> See, so, I'm relevant. You know, Damn it. My three-year-old might appreciate that, too. So. Yeah. Wishbone's like Freddy Krueger. Like, as long as everyone forgets about it, it's just <laughs> yeah. it now it comes yeah. around. He started people thinking about it. Yeah. Now you're going to see exactly. it everywhere. I'm surprised so. that's something that didn't get a reboot, uh, you know, through like the past 10, 15 years of rebooting old series and whatnot, you know? <laughs> or maybe it yeah. has. Randy, do you know? No, I don't. I think they should do uh, an adult version with Triumph, the uh, talking dog. Now you have my attention. Yeah. Uh, that I would watch. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here, man. And Jack, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can follow, like, subscribe. Shoot, you can even listen to the show. Uh, see some of our YouTube videos, get some merch, become a patron. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And you can find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And uh, once again, that website Jack was talking about, candairpodcast.com. A few different ways you can support us. Our Patreon page, a few dollars a month, gets you a ton of extra content. Or our merch page, where there's t-shirts, stickers, mugs, and all kinds of different stuff where you can wear our logo, be our walking billboard, or drink uh, you know, out of our billboard. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I need to quit saying that. That's not, <laughs> that's not a good sales tactic, but... What else we got? Uh, evergreenpodcast.com. And, uh, hey, if you're listening to us, give us a uh, like and 
uh, give us some feedback on your uh, podcast player choice. It would be much appreciated, people. We promise you. And I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Have a good evening. Be excellent to each other, everyone. Oh, no! Don't run! It'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production. Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.